Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. As well as the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. What's up, guys? Welcome to Strathers Wars. I am Eric Strathers, and I do love Steel Wars. And in each episode, I find a Patreon supporter to talk about it with. In this episode, I talk to Ryan Dassing. He's a member of the 501st. He loves Kyle Newman, and he had a couple of pretty interesting episode picks for this one that I'm pretty sure you're going to dig. So let's just jump into it. So, Ryan, five months in the making. You sent me this list five months ago, and just now I'm, <laughs> we're finally recording an episode of Strathers Wars. Uh, you're, you have the patience of a saint. Hey, better late than never, man. That's all good. <laughs> That's sort of my motto in life in general. But uh, <laughs> So, well, luckily you didn't say, well, hey, my entire list of favorite Steel Wars episodes has completely changed now that there's been so many since <laughs> between then and now. So that works out awesome and man you got some great ones this is going to be a good time but before we jump into it anybody who's ever heard an episode of strathers wars before we always follow the format that steel does and that's ask the guest when did you first get into star wars what's your first memory of star wars so my first memory of star wars i was born in 81 so i was kind of born in between empire and jedi and Growing up, I uh, my aunt watched me a lot, and my uh, cousin was my age, and he got a lot of hand-me-downs from um, a bunch of his other cousins. So I remember one of my first memories is he had a X-Wing Luke, and he had a Nime Num of the vintage loose characters, and I just thought they were so cool looking, and I had no idea what Star Wars was, but every time I went over there, those were the action figures I picked up. So that's that's. That's my that's my first memory of uh, anything Star Wars, and that was back in uh, 85, 84, something like that. That's cool, man. I always like it when somebody's first exposure to Star Wars is via the toys with no prior preconceived notion of it, because they are they're so iconic to look at, and they draw you in so much. A big a big part of my thing for the nostalgia of the toys is like just looking at them, not just playing with them, but because they were so cool and so mysterious. So that's really neat. It was that like bright orange flight suit that had that like uh pattern to it. And then that nine numbs face, you're like, what, what is that? But you're just like drawn to that. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> now, what was the first star Wars movie that you recall seeing? Um, I don't remember which first one I watched. I'm probably going to go out and say it was probably Jedi. Uh, that was the movie that made me fall in love with star Wars when it's all said and done. Um, I, I like the, the completion of it. And I just loved that's my, you know, that's it's, it's, I don't think it's the best star Wars movie, but in my eyes, that's the movie that I fell in love with star Wars. So I think it was Jedi. Yeah, that's, that's a tough one to be, man. That's probably the movie I think that I have the well. I take that back. I saw a new hope. Well, it wasn't a new hope then, but I saw it in the theaters a couple of times, and then I saw Empire Strikes Back in the theater. But I, the experience doesn't stick out to me as much as the experience of seeing uh, Return of the Jedi did. So, so are you pro Ewok then? I am pro Ewok. that's good that's good so let me ask you this when did you first discover steel wars i first discovered steel wars through now this is podcasting i uh i kind of uh i got into the making star wars i got and got into star wars podcasting 
like 2014, something like that. And um, listening, they kept having this Australian guy out. And I'm like, who's this guy stealing? What, what's, what's Steel Wars? So I ran out of podcasts to listen to. And I said, let me check out the Steel Wars thing. And man, that was so funny. I'm like, dude, this guy's this guy's hilarious. And bing, bang, boom. Next thing I know, I'm listening to every episode. And next thing you know, I'm a Patreon. I <laughs> Steel's a good dude. And we have a lot of the same common things. And... I'm a big, uh, I'm a big merch guy. So, uh, yeah, I own some t-shirts. I own some stickers. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> my dude, those stickers are great. My kids love them. Every time we go to, I have them at the, my office at work, they, I have a pile of stickers in there and Stella, my little girl is always wanting to take a couple of extras of whichever one she thinks she doesn't have enough of, even though she's got all of them. So do you, That's do you, re- do you remember the very first episode of Steel Wars that you heard? Uh, I don't, um, I know I didn't start like once I got into them, I didn't start at episode one, just, I kind of want to, um, I'm pretty up current with, uh, star Wars news and, uh, cons and stuff. So I didn't want to go back too far because I knew all the stuff that they were talking about. So yeah, I don't remember where it was, but I know it was, uh, I went back after I like listened to three episodes. I was like, all right, I got to listen to this guy from, you know, from from the jump before he was uh steel wars back when he was the podcast you're looking for so i went back all the way down to one and just worked my way back up after that <laughs> it that's it's what's crazy to me is to go back and listen to those episodes and to hear that he really had the vision for it down and the the format for it down and it was a great show right out of the gate i mean he's obviously just gotten better with time but it was really cool to hear it from the beginning I'm a, I'm a creature of habit. So I like when it comes to podcasts, I like when they're released on a certain day. I like when they stick to the same intro. I like when they stick to the same format. And yeah, uh, along with, uh, your awesome, uh, podcast, uh, he does the same thing. And I love that as a, I wouldn't say I'm OCD, but I'm kind of am when it comes to podcasting. <laughs> I, well, it's like that comfortable voice, you know, the nice, oh, I know this is predictable and these are my friends and I know that's how this is going to go. I guess maybe I should stop switching up the theme on the bad motivators because I'm just randomly throwing in the original theme and then the theme I made out of the solo trailer. The main thing I like about the solo trailer version of the theme is that it says best in the galaxy, Eric Struthers. It's like, you're yeah. damn right. But, uh, I was like, I wonder, who, I wonder whose voice that is that's muffled. I wonder. <laughs> well, well, one of my friends said, so did you ever, did you notice that it's like that? I said, I made it. Of course I noticed. <laughs> it was in, intentional. But, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, hey, I'll tell you what. Let's just, let's just bust into this. So the very first episode that you have on the list is episode 164 with Sal Perales. And... Sal is the elusive member of the Now This Is Podcasting family that somehow I never have been able to talk to in person. But but uh, <laughs> he's a super cool dude, all the interactions I have. With him. Tell me about this episode. What sticks out in it for you? So what I love about this with Sal is when I started listening to Now This Is Podcasting, I was not into spoilers. I I, I try to keep my distance. I, 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 like to, I like to element surprise. And I like what, you know, what Jason and all them do. I like what they do for, you know, the people who want spoilers, but I always knew I was safe when Sal was there. So hearing Sal was always that like comfort. Okay, cool. I'm not going to hear anything I don't want to hear because he's still there. So he's always kind of been that like, you know, safety net for me. So when he came on and started talking about how he met Steel and that whole thing, I thought that was hilarious because I'm all about origin stories. I love them. About four years ago, they uh, they premiered Rebels. Well, it would have been four years ago in July. Is that right? Or is it five it years ago been, in July? It would have been, it was 2014. So four. about four, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because it was at Comic-Con. It was at San Diego where they had that yeah. screening. <laughs> and you guys, I was in that screening. You were in the line behind Jason. I had just met met Jason at WonderCon like a couple of months before. And I walked up to the line and he was like, hey, like, you know, and I was like, oh, man, is this the line? Damn, we're like super late because we just ran over from the panel. Yeah. And then he was like, if you're on the list, I don't think you have to wait in this line. This is just for people who are not on the list. And I was like, all right, cool. Thanks. <laughs> like, I. The weirdest thing is, so like, you know, I see 
you know, Jason and, and Randy and Sal, like, Pretty much every two weeks, if I'm around on Friday nights to do the now it's podcasting. So he's not lying. He actually goes podcasting yeah. over there my for wife, about six hours. I don't hours. know about your wife. <laughs> my wife wonders where I am when I get home at four o'clock. Can you tell her it's because Jason won't shut up? Yeah, it's it, I, <laughs> part of it. It's my fault as well because they have to wait for me to arrive. And then we, yeah, it does. It does tend That's to That's right. On. Steel is late sometimes. <laughs> I've got to come from LA. It's not easy. It's not easy. But it's so weird because I was in... So when this Rebels... Uh, there was like a Rebels panel at Comic-Con. Yeah. And then there was sort of like this secret premiere at the theater yeah. in San Diego. And someone told me about it. So I'm like, I was there by myself. So I was like, well, I'll just see if I can get in. I've, I've, I've got a good habit of getting into things. Mm-hmm. So I'm in this line... Like, I don't know Jason. I don't know he exists. I don't know his silly spoiler website that lies about <laughs> that he's, like, writing Star Wars I don't Wars know movies. anything about makingstarwars.com. Nothing. <laughs> I don't know about .org, .biz, .uk, .china. None of them. I don't know any about them, right? But I remember watching that conversation because I was so fascinated that people knew each other because I didn't know anyone and I was like, oh, all these people know each other. That's how do they know? How do they know this is on? How do, and then you said, oh, I'm on the list. Oh, you can go straight in. I'm like, how's that guy know that guy? How's this guy get on the list? Like, <laughs> where's the list? Like, I was so befuddled about how it was all working. And there's this photo that for some reason always gets used for Jason's, like, if someone interviews Jason. They use this photo of him and Randy at the front of the line holding their lightsabers, like waiting to go in. And it's like you can see my shoulder in this photo (laughs) a few people back. And then the weird thing is the next year was Force Awakens year. And that's when I met Jason because he said, oh, just stand in line with me. And then we had to stand in line together for like 24 hours. So by the end, we were like, let's be blood brothers. (laughs) Bet no blood. It's a crazy story too. That just that it seems so random, and then for them to be such good friends now, is... yeah, you would think it was like planned. Like, hey, we're just going to tell these people this is how we met, and it's. I know all those dudes are just you know totally real, and like that story is great. And I know Star Wars fans, and I'm sure there's many other people that meet at conventions and celebrations, and it just goes on like that. And they just happen to have a podcast, and yeah, like I said, I love all those dudes. Now, speaking of cons and celebration, will you be going to celebration in Chicago next year? Unfortunately, not. I, uh, I know. I had a pre-Disney trip already planned in the making about a year ago, and I had my fingers and toes crossed it was going to be Orlando so I could plan my Disney trip around celebration. And as soon as I heard Chicago, I was like... Uh, I can't do Disney in Chicago in the same year. It's just with the kids and the wife. And yeah, no, I had, I had, to, I had to choose my battles. And I said, all right, I asked my wife straight up. I said, so I can't do Chicago. And she gave me the, the usual typical wife look like, no, you can't do Chicago. Oh man. So, oh, man. I totally yeah. get it. I totally get it. Me personally, you know, I work at a church and the last year's celebration was on Easter Easter weekend and dude that is like that's like working in retail and saying hey is it cool if I'm not here the day after Thanksgiving exactly that's a firm no yeah I feel you and uh so them letting me go was a a miracle in and of itself and now (laughs) this this upcoming one is on the weekend before Easter thank goodness I I dodged a bullet but It'll it'll be a good time, but we'll 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 miss you. You'll get to hear plenty of podcasts from it though, so at least there's that. Oh uh, yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be on the podcast hunt and I'll be live streaming that whole entire thing. Oh sweet. Well, now this is a this is a curious choice, but speaking of podcasts, we've we've got episode forty eight with Jimmy Mack. And you know, Jimmy man, he's been he's been around. So so give me your take on this one. I used to be one when I first started getting a podcasting, I was a big fan of his show and he had that voice that, that radio voice. Uh, when I was, um, a wee little lad and my eyes were bright and I was getting into, I was trying to get into radio and television when I was in college. 
And hearing his voice reminded me of my professor who told me I did not have a voice for radio. So, yeah. But anyway, um, his voice just resonated with me. Like he just has that great radio voice. And um, yeah, so I I was big into I was big into his podcast. And uh, that's that's how I kind of, you know, and then when Steele interviewed him and I thought it was a great interview. Steele had a year ago with him and uh, some things have, you know, happened since. And um you know everyone's entitled to their own opinions whether i agree with it or not but uh this this interview looking back in retrospect from five months when i picked this out kind of just makes you makes you wonder dude maybe maybe you should take your own advice because uh things have happened since then i love to see podcasting grow in that direction but again I'll bring it up, you know, you're taking away from the core of what I assume to be the, the most valuable thing about podcasting. And that's the fact that you can use your broadcasting skills or experience or whatever and find that niche area where normal radio stations wouldn't necessarily want to go down that road because it's so focused and the thing you have to deal with when you when you're talking about broadcasting it, it's in the the word itself broadcasting you need to you need to be reaching a broad audience so you have to have variety you have to dumb things down you have to keep it mainstream when you're doing radio broadcasting so, so you can't really have a 40 minute argument about when the force awakens novel is going to come out you know <laughs> i mean these you're not going to be doing the billy d quote of the week although i think that would fly in mainstream radio but you know what i'm saying you can't get so specific when you're a broadcaster so that's what i found so just refreshing about podcasting when it came on the scene around 2004 5 6 um it was the fact that you could get hyper focused on something and you will find an audience who speaks the language you're speaking and shares that passion and enthusiasm for the subject matter. So that's what I always loved about it so much. And so I used it as an extension of my career as essentially of a broadcasting career. Nowadays, it's like, well, I have a blog. I need a podcast. And so it's an extension of blogging and social media. And that's where I run into sometimes a little bit of a problem because I think then people don't understand uh, journalistic integrity. They don't understand that you need to go through proper channels to get things done. I see a lot of people using social media to publicly ask talent, actors, actresses, if they would come on, will you come on my podcast? You know what, guys, that is so unprofessional. It makes me want to hurl. You cannot approach a public figure in public and ask them that kind of request because if for whatever reason they can't come on your show, you're making them look bad. You're making them look like they're up sitting in their ivory tower saying, well, I'm too good for you, fan. You know, even if that's not the case, they might not see your tweet, but everyone else will. So that I think you're, you're, you're putting an unfair burden on the talent that you're trying to get on your show. And by doing so, it makes all of us look bad. In the meantime, really, now, you know, I've, I've got a confession to make. Then Jimmy Mac, you do it all the time, right? I well, my other podcast <laughs> is a, a comedy podcast, and we review the complaint letters to the TV Guide back in Australia. Make fun of what people complain about, like in the newspaper about television and radio. And we have gotten some of the biggest TV stars in Australia simply by. Hey, do you want to come talk about just tweeting? Hey, come on our podcast. Dozens of like the biggest TV stars in Australia have been on the show just through me tweeting them. Oh, God. You're one of those. (laughs) Well, see, I think you put an unfair amount of pressure on the talent by publicly making a request like that. And that's just me. You know, I I think that there's proper channels to go through. When I want to talk to someone associated with Lucasfilm, I go to Lucasfilm and I make it official through them and they reach out to the talent. Now, over the years, I've gotten to know a lot of people associated with Star Wars where it's not wrong for me to approach them directly. And sometimes I do, but I never do so publicly. And if someone approaches me publicly with a tweet and they want to talk some business, you know, my, my suggestion is find the right way 
to reach out to me and don't do it publicly. There's proper channels to do it. And that to me is some journalistic integrity that gets lost on the social media circles when it comes to producing podcasts. So, so I am, I'm going to slap you on your wrist. Steel, steel, steel Saunders. He has no journalistic integrity whatsoever. Steel Saunders using and abusing Twitter while harassing various famous public figures. He's steel. He's going to steal an interview from you. He's Steel Sanders. I thought you were going to get revenge on me by spoiling something from the new movie. It's just like, that's it. Oh, well, I got the fat one I think you were talking about earlier. I don't want to repeat it. But uh, in my defense, in (laughs) a a lot of these TV networks, they don't even really get what a podcast is. So it is a lot easier to go direct to that person. And they go, oh, yeah, I'll do that. That's fun. But the the publicist isn't, uh, whereas Lucasfilm, obviously, are very aware of what a podcast is. And just a, a little bit of uh, inside baseball here for the listeners. Ryan and I actually discussed this whenever I was going over the list right before we started. I'm like, um, so this one. And he, <laughs> he told me, he, he gave me a good rundown of why it would work out. So I'm glad he did because it's good stuff. It's, he does have a good voice. And, you know, Rebel Force Radio is like I, probably the first Star Wars podcast I ever listened to. Yep, that totally. or maybe the Star Wars Underworld, but regardless, times change, people change. You know, it just uh, like I said, I'm not stirring any pots. Just uh, it's just interesting to listen back to this click and go, hmm. All right, well that's yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> that's that's sure something. I'm like maybe people shouldn't throw uh, stones in glass houses. I don't know. Maybe maybe just me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I just had to tell my son that whenever he was, he was, came running to me whining about somebody whining. And I said, glass houses, buddy. You, you can't tattle on somebody for something that you're currently doing to tell me about it. So I think, uh, like I said, just to lightly tap on it, I think Steel should come out with a shirt that has the definition of broadcasting. That's all I got to say. Mic drop. Boom. Oh, man. Hey, hey, hey. So, hey, Steel, it, when you hear this and you make a T-shirt, you, you know where the royalties have to go with all that sweet, <laughs> sweet T-shirt money. Send them to Baltimore. That's right. That's right. Okay, so ne- next up, episode 41, Power of the Mug Mouth with uh, Leighton James Dyer. So, fill me in. I thought it was just great how, uh, you know, this came out before Solo, um, way before Solo came out. But when I, uh, Solo was just about to release when I picked these episodes out. And uh, I thought it was cool because I was like, you don't have to do all these callbacks to make something good. And um, yeah, you can just, uh, you know, we don't need, I think sometimes fan service is just too, it's too, um, you get it too much or you get none. There's no happy medium with that. And uh, I just thought he made a good point when he came back going, you don't have to go back and, you know, Oh God, the, Oh, the Greedo from the cutout scene of Phantom Menace. Oh, one thing that's been annoying me in star Wars lately, especially with the cartoons is rebels with rebels and, and clone wars. And, and even with the prequels is just like, we don't need so much foreshadowing. Like every like you don't need all these lines where it's like I oh, that's ironic because later yeah. on you know like yeah. it's just like they had in uh, do you watch Rebels I watch every episode of Rebels yeah okay so in um, the finale and I assume well by the time this comes out it's it's going to be because we've got it's yeah. it's going to be probably two months since it's come out once this episode hits so. I think two months. Most people would have seen it. Yeah, if you're downloading Star Wars podcasts, you would have. You've downloaded Rebels. Yeah, and 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 the final episode is it's 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 really good. It's it's it has to be the best one. But um, Tarkin has this line, or there's something where he has to evacuate. And all you know, I listen to all the podcasts that review them all, and they're like, "Oh, that's like a because you know he has to had to evacuate, and this time he does. Like, it'd be great if." 
Like, yeah. you know, that led to... Speculation. That, you know, the line where he goes, evacuate, now time of triumph. And it's like everything, every line in Star Wars or in the original films, it doesn't have to be foreshadowed. Like, it's sort of... Write the story as though you haven't seen... Episode four. Yeah. Like, you don't have to have all these wink callbacks... Yeah. You know, like, yeah, you know, I know in one of the prequels, I think Anakin, Ben Kenobi said to Anakin, you'll be the, you'll be the death of me or something like that. And that's pretty cheesy. Yeah. yeah that was on the string. I, and there was a deleted scene in The Phantom Menace, which was just getting hit over, you know, the, ha- you know, the head with the hammer where Greedo gets in a fight with, like there's a, Greedo as a youth gets in a fight with Anakin and is this during when they're building a podcast or something? Yeah, yeah, pod, yeah. Pod races, what yeah. And in the deleted scene after the fight, and 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 the, the and sort of like the moral of the scene is that Anakin got in a fight because he didn't believe Greedo didn't believe him that he was going to go in the pod race, and then Qui Gon afterwards goes, "Well, does he believe you now?" And he goes, "Not." Nah. And he goes, "Well, what's the point of you know? You can't." P- through violence, you can't get someone to change their opinion. And then someone goes to Greedo, oh, you better watch out. You're going to get killed one of these days. <laughs> you know, like, and it's something like that. And it's just like, oh, yeah, because yeah. we've seen the movie. Yeah, like self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. It's just like that. Everything doesn't have to foreshadow. Like, all, like it's sort of just... It's it's like hack comedy kind of. It it's it really it frustrates me that I don't know, we sort of like, like a lot of the, the fans like on podcasts and that, they celebrate all these um like homages that to things that have already, like we we're so desperate for things to happen again yeah exactly the same. Oh, like, I mean I guess I'm a I'm I want that as well, a little bit here and there. Like I loved seeing like those rebel things when you know the, the toy you can get when you slip all the figures on the side. And we saw them in Rebels. Yep, we got that the Imperial troop transport. Yeah, it was yep. just, I, I kind of was like, I loved it for some reason because I had that toy. Mm. I don't have it anymore, but like you know, just something I'd never really seen it before. Seeing something exist was quite nice. Oh yeah, well that's that, that's a bit different because it's a design. It's, yeah, it's, it's something that you know. Of course, you know if you, there'll be a car. You know, like that, that that would be duplicated. It should be around. It should yeah, be. but actual events happening yeah, yeah. again or things getting repeated in lines like... Tarkin I, was pretty cool though. I, I love the Tarkin character, but the whole thing about people wanting him to constantly to be evacuating and yeah. then then the Death Star, that's when he doesn't evacuate. Like, it's just like... He just needs to be evil. You know, he just needs yeah. to be an evil, crazy-looking face. And, that's, and, that's and say enough. snappy things. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is a little bit like getting beat over the head with it sometimes. And I can understand how, like, when you're so on the inside of something, it's hard to look at it like somebody from the outside of it. It's like you're just too close to it to to not make those sorts of judgment calls. But I thought the whole having a skateboarder on there was too was uh, was cool too. You know, because Steele with his his skateboarding past, we do have that in common. I, I used to be a skateboarder too, so I uh, definitely appreciated that episode. It's it's cool. Did his uh, the Force T shirt. Well, actually, a lot of his T-shirts are taken from, you know, their skateboarding merch references. Oh, yeah, like the Yub Nub, the Ewok. Uh, yeah. I love that one. Yeah, and the Have You Seen Him, which is the Search for Animal Chin. Yep. Love and the, the Force is the Supreme logo. And it was funny, one of my buddies who used to be way into skateboarding, he saw me wearing that shirt, and it's he couldn't place where, where it came from. I'm like, come on, man. You, you can do it. But uh, That's funny. so yeah, I I got him one, and like the very first time he ever wore it, somebody saw it and said, "Hey, that's like the Supreme logo." <laughs> and he still he no still way. hadn't figured it out. Oh my gosh! So oh man, so you picked <laughs> a live show that I really like. This is episode one fifty seven. The Last Jedi had just come out, so it was the 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 live sh- reaction show to it, and. Uh, have 
Now, you've probably never been to any of Steele's live shows. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Tavia. Not yet, but I swear I will be there when he comes to New York one day. That's why I was wondering if you'd managed to make it to that last one there. So I got no. to go to, to the... Uh, the solo live reaction show that was pretty sweet but this this last jedi one man i really dug so tell me <laughs> tell me your take on this because it, it's a good one okay so i'll lay out the groundwork before i get into it i am a huge huge kyle newman fan the way he speaks and the things he's done just i mean they're in my eyes they're great this guy speaks with so much truth and his convictions, the way he talks about things is just like, how do you not believe that? Like, how do you not like it, it's, it's almost like I'm hearing my inner thoughts and the way I feel things, the way he talks, you can love a star Wars movie. And yet you can still pick out the things that you don't like about certain things. And you can't tell yourself, Oh, question yourself. Am I a fan? Because I don't like this or uh, is that person not a fan because they don't like that? Like, no, we're all invested in it, but there can be things that you don't like and yet still love star Wars. And it was great because he definitely picked out a lot more than I would have because I uh, granted, I'm not a film. I'm not a film guy. You know, I'm a dude that loves star Wars and loves watching movies, but no way am I a film critic by any stretch of the imagination, but just the way he talks, it just, it's just believable. You're like, I was, I was, I was, I was like, yeah, man, tell him that's right. I was like, it's hype, man. There is a lot of comparison going on in the fan community. Like, well, they didn't do this in a new hope and they didn't explain Tarkin or the emperor. And you're like, hold on a second. That was an all in film in 1977. He scraped it together. He barely got it going. He put every great idea he could into that film, not knowing he was going to do prequels or sequels. And that stands on its own. It's like, he's just making the best movie, not knowing if I'm ever going to need to have a backstory. So, Take your backstory argument, stuff it in your pocket, sit on it. it it's not valid. Okay, I will take your stuffed backstory argument. Get it yes. back out of my pocket. Put it here. Yeah. Let's talk about it then. And also say we didn't know much about the Emperor by the time Return of the Jedi finished. Ah, except we felt the Emperor. We felt the effects of the Empire and the Emperor and his tyranny permeate every single character in their lives. Han Solo is Han Solo. He is the nihilist. He is He is the self-centered, self-serving guy. He is because he's been forced to. It's imperial rule. That's why he's jury-rigged his ship. That's why he does what he does. That's why he's only out for himself. That's the nature of the galaxy. Luke, even in the way he lives, what he comes from, how he dresses, it's, it's this trickle-down of the oppression. Princess Leia, everyone is so clearly drawn, and they're all characters and reflections of what the Empire means and does. That is void in Force Awakens. We don't get a sense of the, the threat of the First Order. We don't know why there's a First Order. We don't know how it affects, other than you know, we're kind of told in novels how it affects. Most people don't know who, what the hell Hosnian Prime was, unless you've read the books or know about deleted scenes. It's not in the DNA on screen of the film. Uh, so it's void of the politics and consequently void of some of the emotional consequence of it. So... You do want to know how Snoke became the head of the Imperial Remnant. How did he get this machine? How did he exist for a, a thousand years unbeknownst to the Jedi and the Sith? How is he um, on screen more powerful than the Emperor, forcing, allowing two people to cross space and time and touch each other? Uh, it's kind of important to me. And he doesn't have to say, hi, my name's Bill. It's my real name. I'm from a planet called, you know, Rathless Prime. He, I don't need that. What I want to know is that he says just something like I've waited a thousand years for them to play their game. Now I've, the real prophecy. Something that steeps it in a little more importance. So it's not just some asshat guy that comes out of nowhere that owns everything the emperor used to own. How did he, it's kind of important. And people can say, oh, it's a Tarkin. We didn't know what he did. Or we didn't know what the emperor did. 
We did, because we also got that story, and this is coming nine films in, 40 years in, and if you're going to make a sequel, you then have to justify and have fun with it. It's a challenge for the filmmaker and the storyteller to say, how can I make this fresh, but how can I also kind of give hints as to why it evolved like that? And I know everyone's like, read Chuck Wendig's books. I, I read them. Don't. I didn't love them. I, I'm sorry, they were void of fairy tale, void of fantasy, unnecessarily violent, and I felt like I don't want to find out how the First Order came to be in a Chuck Wendig book. I want to find out some of that in the DNA of these films. So I love these films, but yes, you can love the movies and still have criticisms that are valid without people telling you you're wrong or insane. And it's okay as fans to get together and talk about it and say, this didn't make sense for me. This doesn't feel right. I still love the movie. I'm going to watch it more than any other movie that came out in 2017. Uh, I already have. But I can still have issues with it, and that's what's part of being a fan and part of what's fun about it is to get into that, roll up your sleeves and talk about it, and why did this not work, why did it? But I can see there's people like, you don't need that, and for them, they didn't need it. But for me, I felt like it was essential and vital and one of those missing ingredients in the soup. He's definitely very firm in his convictions and opinions. And uh, I, I probably had less criticisms of, of The Last Jedi than he did. Now, what what specifically did he say about the last Jedi in this, that you're like, heck yeah. When he talked about Snoke, all he had to do was make a couple references to where Snoke came from to make it more believable of how this guy's so powerful. And I, 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 I totally agree with him. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely some truth in, in that. I, me personally, I tend to give the, the, the things I dig so much of a past that I try to not dwell on it but but you are you are right that is for sure on that i get along with people that have his mentality and i would love to sit next to him at a bar crack open a beer and have a conversation with that guy he's pretty cool man he's pretty cool he he had similar things to say about solo if i do recall but we'll have a little bit more kyle newman coming up here shortly but before we get there so I've talked about how much I like collecting and stuff like that. This episode 160 with the Suck Lord is really, really something, man. He, his, his journey is awesome. What he does is super cool. He, he'll uh, like custom make figures and do kit bashing and stuff like that. So tell me about this one for you. He has the same passion that I have, which I'm sure you do. And anyone listens to podcasts has Star Wars consumes my life and I'm okay with that. I've embraced that and my life goes on and I'd still, you know, I have a job and I have kids and I have a wife and everything goes along. But Star Wars, Star Wars just, you know, it's, it's part of me. It's, it's just how I live. And he talks about how someone completely dismissed it and said, yeah, but, it's just a movie. So what, 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 if you don't get that part of the movie, then what does it matter? What, what I find interesting is that, and I'm guilty of this too, it's like you get mad at people who take it too seriously, and then you get mad at people who just dismiss it. It's just a Star Wars movie. Like uh, my friend uh, Nick Gazin wrote an article for Vice Magazine reviewing the film, and he wrote it in a very Vice Magazine tone where it was sort of dismissive and just like, oh, it was kind of good, it was kind of stupid, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And he posted on Instagram, and I started taking to take. I took. I said like, "Oh, this is the most misunderstood Star Wars movie ever." And he was like, he he mocked me for the suggestion that you could misunderstand the Star Wars movie. Like he's like, this movie is not important enough or not serious enough for it even to be, you know, deeply analyzed. And it's like that offended me. You know, it's just like whatever your takeaway from it is at the end of the day, whether it's a good movie or a bad movie, it did what you thought it was supposed to do. It has incredible gravitas and weight and importance to people, whether you're a casual fan or whether you're a diehard fan. It's super important. Every single frame of that movie matters. And to have somebody dismiss the whole thing as just not being important, like I was really, really personally offended by that suggestion. And it's like, I, I respect people who are diehard fans that didn't like it and have their reasoning for not liking it, but they're still treating it, the material, as significant and important. And to have it dismissed as just some dumb movie that doesn't matter, that just hit, that just, that bothered me deeply. I was deeply offended. Like, you insulted my religion. Yeah, it's definitely, 
Like it's so like it's just there that people can misunderstand it or not get like I was talking with someone on Twitter today and they were you know bummed about Luke Skywalker and it's like oh, I did nothing and I'm like oh he inspired a galaxy that was you know that was his parting shot was to inspire a new generation it's like well what proof of that is there in the film and I'm like the last scene the little dude with the boom <laughs> that's the whole point of the scene is that like they're telling the story of Luke Skywalker that's been like with action figures mind you yes you can tell when people are kind of like yeah, this guy looks Star Wars cool but he's got a good life but he lives in his parents basement <laughs> and uh, it, it, like tell me why you like it tell me why you don't but do not tell me it doesn't matter don't tell me that my passion means nothing because it's more than a movie. It's more than a trilogy. It's more than a saga. It's, it's part of me. I'm, uh, I'm an active member in the 501st like you, sir. And uh, like I said, it's in my household and uh, Star, Wars, Star Wars is uh, 1A in my, in, my, in my house. So uh, yeah, don't tell me Star Wars doesn't matter. And uh, I definitely uh, picked this episode because... I had that passion and everything he said, man, I was right behind him. Just, yep. Let's, let's, uh, let me call this guy and tell him what I feel too. <laughs> now, speaking of being in the 501st, what's your, what's your main costume that you do? How many, how, how many designations do you have? I have three. Uh, I am a bridge crew. I'm a bridge crew member. I am a tie pilot and I'm an Imperial gunner. And I, started off with just the regular basic imperial uh tie fighter reserve just you know the flight suit the hat the gloves the belt the boots and then from then i got into gunner and i was trying to go for tie pilot but the gunner kind of just fell in my lap and talking to people and doing the whole connections and i got really into the gunner so i actually finished my gunner before i actually finished my tie pilot um i still have my tie pilot stuff i'm still working on i'm almost done but uh, yeah, so I think right now my main costume is my Imperial Gunner. With all the building that you have to do for stuff like that, have you ever done anything like what the Suck Lord does and taken a bunch of figures apart and build built your own or modded one in any way? No, I haven't. But I'll tell you one thing. My son, he's six, and his main goal in life is to get a really cool Star Wars character and rip its head off. And he knows it drives me up the wall. <laughs> and I don't buy him very good characters because I know what he does. He rips the heads off, rips the feet off. But the funny thing is, he always keeps the head and he puts them on different characters. So sometimes, you know, there'll be a Spider-Man that has a Vader head on it. And I think that's kind of funny. And then hearing this episode where he goes and does things like that, I'm like, man, my son's a suck lord in the making. Yeah, he's destined for greatness. Anyway, that episode is fantastic. His, he's got some great stories about like his intern days and anybody who's into collecting or is just the assembly of things. It's really, really cool. But uh, so, so, okay, now this, this next one is a super throwback. And this is episode 10 with Paul Verhoeven. And the, the older episodes, man, they just hold a special place in my heart. But give me the run on this. What about this one sticks out to you? What I love about this is, is that I come from very humble beginnings and I love when people are just completely honest. And they talk about, Hey, I didn't grow up rich. I barely grew up middle-class. We, we were poor people growing up and we love star Wars. And this was so funny. And I don't know why it, it, it got me some, you know, gave me such a tickle. Oh God. And the first action figure I ever owned in my entire life was Crix Medine. <laughs> so, so more, more of a figure than an action figure. Okay, yeah, because he doesn't really do much. But Crix Medine is like, he looks like a young, blonde David Stratton. So that, for everyone, is one of the rebel leaders oh, in the... Uh, in in Return of the Jedi, when they are showing the map on how to get into the Death Star, when and you stuff. send your mum, she says, "Do you want? Do you want, I'm going to go get you a toy." And we'll, and as a poor kid, I'm like, "Yes, sweet Star Wars, please." I neglected to mention which Star Wars, and so my mum comes back with Crix Medine, and then 
to add insult to injury, a few weeks later, my grandma for Christmas gets me what is clearly an action figure. And you can, you know, you can tell that raised bit in the middle, the plastic mm-hmm. bit across the cardboard backing, and I know it's an action figure. And she knows I like Star Wars. So I open, oh, it's Crix Medine again. So I have two Crix Medines. <laughs> I, have two, I have basically two, two, two like, space librarians. Yeah, well, with, see, the first one, yeah. when you got the first one, it's just like, oh, your mum is clueless. Yeah. But the fact that it happened again... I think it's the vibe you were sending out as a youth. No, don't say I was giving up a Crix Medine vibe because then hanging that explains out, the beatings. Like hanging out in the library. It's just like... <laughs> no, that was later. That was my teenage years. <laughs> oh, God. Maybe I've been a Crix Medine man all my life. Because <laughs> he had the worst hair and beard. Even as a kid, I knew that they just put glue on his face and stuck on just, you know, bits of fluff. And uh, if you don't know, Crix Medine, uh, the action figure came... He didn't come with a lightsaber... Or a or a or a laser gun. Nope. He came with a sweet space pointer. Yeah, like he came with a laser pointer because he was PowerPoint guy. Yeah. They're basically getting the briefing. Luke and Leia and Han are getting exp- getting you know the briefing on how to destroy the second Death Star. And Luke's clearly thinking, "Look, I've done this before," and rolling his eyes. Been there, done that. Damn straight. Um, he got the achievement and everything. So, basically, Crix comes up and gives. I think it's one one paragraph of very bland dialogue, and then he disappears again, never to be seen again. Crix Maydean is one of the most useless characters, and why they made an action figure is beyond me. That character is bizarro to me, just because of like how he looks on screen with the beard. And when you look at it, you think, what? What was the <laughs> what was the thought process that went into that? But to end up with with two of the same one, that's like I suspect that there were a lot of unsuspecting grandparents getting kids Zuvios. I was like, just about to say, it's like, oh, th- this this character must be really popular with as many of them as they have. They're just stuck with this Crix Maydean, but yeah. not. Not to be a Crix Medine apologist, but I don't know if you, I'm sure you have, but have you seen the deleted scenes where they were going to have him as Akbar and he went and did the same lines as Akbar did sitting in the chair and he put out a little more emotion than he did, you know, giving that briefing. So like I said, we didn't get, we didn't get prime Medine, but, uh, he, he, he opened up his chops a little bit. If you go back and watch the deleted scenes. Yeah, actually, I mean, he, he, He's apparently a pretty good actor. I just feel feel bad. It's just how it, just like the visuals more than anything. I think really, really didn't help. Yeah, he got, but he got he got pigeonholed. But I don't think I'm trying to think if I ever had one of those three and three quarter inch figures. I bet they're easy to come by now. Well, it's funny because I collect three and three quarters vintage loose, and I I don't have a Kirk's Medine. Really. I kind of want one now just for that story. Just like I look at it and just laugh. Well, you should, uh, you should get a hold of Paul. I should see, see if he can <laughs> hook you up with one of them. If I ever find one at saga toys located in South St. Louis County on Lindbergh Avenue, right by home Depot and Hooters, I will pick plug, plug. you one up. Sounds good, man. I'll ask my buddy Rich if he's got one. Anyway, sorry, I totally got sidetracked. Now I'm thinking about Saga Toys and going in there and spending all my money. What I really want to get right now, though, quite frankly, is the 6-inch Black Series uh, Emphis Nest on the swoop bike. That's... Oh, that thing's rad. I've got to get in on (laughs) the whole hashtag TBM shelf check because I've got several shelves that are piled with stuff that I can't display properly because it won't, I can't fit enough stuff in there that if I display it. So, yeah, I mean, I heard you had like a really cool fan that like made your own hashtag for you guys. Like that guy must be awesome. He must be great, man. He must be great. (laughs) Well, it's cool that it's caught on. It's except I'm the one nerd who hasn't bothered to follow through on it except for once. But anyway, sorry, man, I keep getting sidelined here. It's my own fault. Okay. No, I'm the king of I'm the king of sidelining. Sorry. <laughs> so, all right. So, here we go. Episode 141 live with Kyle Newman, and oh, uh, <laughs> uh, this is the where we get to hear about. Well, no, you go ahead. I'm sorry. 
I've uh, I've come to notice that there's a lot of uh, Star Wars fans who love the movie fanboys, and there's people who don't like them, and they're just wrong. I love fanboys. I think it is hilarious. I feel like the plot was great. Uh, I, I, there's just so much I love about it. Maybe because you know I was around that age group uh, when it came out, and um, I don't know why I relate to it so much, but it is one of my favorite movies. And when it comes to Kyle Newman, like I said, I, I love everything he does. And when people were trying to hold him down and tell him the most asinine things that they wanted to do with this movie, it just, I'm just like, are you kidding me? They were always very, you know, appreciative. Like you did what you asked, but we're going to try and make it broader. Or we're going to put a crawl on here. They, they wanted a crawl that opened with fanboys with like a definition. It's like a term for fucking losers who live in their mom's basement. Like I was like, you immediately alienate everybody. <laughs> If you do that, and they're like, "Yeah, but everybody who's not will think it's funny." I'm like, "Yeah, but the people you're getting, to, you're you're marketing the movie to, are the ones coming to it. You're not marketing to the anti community. Yeah. Like, wake up! And like, no they want to change. No, no one wanted, that finds that funny is in the audience. They wanted to change the title of the movie to Trippin' with an apostrophe on the end. <laughs> we did photo shoots with all the characters, like in the van, and at one point, Linus, he had a he just had a, a slice of pizza, and he was like. <laughs> we're like, where's the pizza? What are you talking? Where's the pizza scene? We're like, well, nerds like pizza. I was like, they're not fucking Ninja Turtles. Like, what is he doing with a slice of pizza? And then like, like he's dying. Let's not have people look at his face. So they stuck a Wookiee mask on his head, and <laughs> then then they wanted to call the movie My Greatest Adventure. I, I, I just whoever like came up with that idea, I. It's sort of dark, but I would like to see video of them visiting their sick friend in hospital where, just before I talk, just put on this helmet for a little bit. I don't want you to bring me down. So, so we went to this, we, we just, we like closed the deal on the movie verbally and like, we're going to go meet Harvey at this hotel here in the peninsula in town and we close this thing and, and his head of production's there and like, let's go get food. So we go to this Italian place across the street. And he's like, we're all excited. And he's like, everything's great, man. The only thing we had to work on is Italian, the classic nerds They're like, we got to work on the title. Oh. I was like, the, the title? What's going on here? This is, suddenly went from bad to worse in, in like eight minutes. And then he's like, you know what? We want something catchy, simple, like wedding crashers. I was like, <laughs> fanboys. He's like, what, what is that? I don't even know. What, the, what, the, what does that mean? Think about it, though. Think about it. And then for like two years, it was I, them I, saying, I can't, even these terrible... I can't comprehend not knowing what we had that a, means. We had a movie poster. I have a hundred bad movie posters. They comp for it. And this was like my, my life for like two years was just mitigating the bad. And there's one of like Dan Fogler and he's like Mission Impossible, Tom Cruise. And there's a, there's a room. It's like the room from Mission Impossible. And he's there like, you know, like this, like, like all stretched out. And he's dressed like a ninja. And all his friends are up in like a little hole in the top looking down. Like dress like ninjas, and you just see their eyes. I was like, "What is this?" Like, it doesn't matter. We're just getting people in the theater. Like, this is how they. This is the posters they made. They spent money on like graphic artists comping this shit together. It made no sense. Like once they were just Dan and Jay Barishal were back to back like ninjas too. Another one, and they had like lightsabers, but they were just ninjas with this their eye. I was like, why the ninja? Like, I guess nerds like ninjas. So pizza and ninjas. It harkens back to Kusar's one of them, oh, one uh, of them had Secret a, Fortress. One of them had a VHS cam. Oh. Like Linus who was dying. Like, it's like he's documenting his life. I'm like, except that's not in the fucking movie. <laughs> Why is that on my post? Like, there was all these type of things. Like, one time they're like, we could just shoot a scene for the trailer. And they're like, I know you're looking at me. Like, don't look at me like that. I know you're angry, but just hear us out. Like, everyone loves animals, right? And I was like, oh, my God, okay. <laughs> they're like, what about a monkey? I'm like, okay, a monkey. I like, at the opening party. And the monkey drinks the Heineken. And the monkey vomits in the fat guy's helmet. And the fat guy puts the helmet <laughs> on his head. Just for the trailer. That's, <laughs> that's what they pitched me. Just for the trailer, not for your movie. Like, just bark, monkey barf and a, and a helmet. And you put it on the guy's head because that's... That's comedy. So for years, I was just like fighting back like just the worst ideas, like sticking Harry Potter in it. And like, I was like, what are we, it's not a spoof movie. What is, what is this? You know, but they were always cool to me. And they're always like, you made the movie you promised and we're just going to try other things. And ultimately they gave it back to me. And this guy stuck to his guns. I was like, no, that's not going to happen. I mean, come on. 
monkey who's not in the movie takes a stormtrooper helmet, drinks a Heineken, throws up in the stormtrooper helmet, and then Dan puts it on his head. And that's just for the trailer. Like, seriously? But I'm not going to lie. If I saw that trailer, I would laugh and I'd be like, I'm definitely going to see that movie. (laughs) It's a good movie, man. It's a great movie. So if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, which I'm sure you have, go watch that movie. It's great. It it definitely is. Oh, here's here's a question that I feel like is probably not fair to ask people, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Do you have what you could say definitively is your favorite Steel Wars episode? Oh, man, that's a it should be a hard question, but it's not. It's definitely Mendo that from from the sizzle to the actual episode, man, you know, it was just I was like on the edge of my seat. I'm like, wait, that's a cool Photoshop picture he has up there with Mendo in his apartment. And I'm like, wait a minute. Still doesn't mess around like that. Yeah, I I love that episode. I actually got to sit on the very couch where Mendo was and I thought, oh, Oh, Mendo, I wish I got to meet you. If only you were still here. Well, Ryan, thanks so much for doing this. These are always fun, man, and I'm glad you picked the episodes you did, especially especially episode 10. I haven't thought about that one in a long time. But uh, tell the listeners where they can find out more about you. Uh, you can check me out on Twitter at uh, Dizzy, And uh, I'm actually uh, the uh, public relations officer for the uh, old line garrison of the uh, Fighting 501st. So... Uh, you want to go online and check us out you can go to uh, oldlinegarrison.com and uh check that out if you uh have any questions about anything about the 501st shoot me an email well ryan thanks again man hey i'm a i'm a big fan of what uh what you do for steel and what you do for your other podcast and like i said uh, uh, i've been waiting for this uh waiting for this recording and like i said you uh you were a man of uh many talents and uh it's definitely uh appreciated Oh, thanks, dude. Thank you so much. And there we have it. Thanks again to Ryan for picking these episodes, and I hope that you'll go back and check out the full-length version of each one of the picks. If you're a Patreon supporter and you'd like to be a guest on Strathers Wars, all you gotta do is comment on the Patreon post for this episode, and I'll reach out to you and we'll set it up. If you're not a Patreon supporter... You can take care of that right now. For just $1 a month, you get access to all of the entire back catalog of the regular Steel Wars episodes. For $3 a month, you get all that, plus the Patreon-exclusive shows, including The Robbo Report, Jooklin Strikes Back, and the brand-new upcoming Star Wars Year-By podcast with Steel and Hawes Burkhart from Blue Harvest and Rogue One podcast. Go to patreon.com slash steelwars and sign up right now. If you'd like to hear more about what I do, check out my podcast, The Bad Motivators, a malfunctioning Star Wars podcast. We drop new episodes every Wednesday. And you can also find me on the Making Star Wars Podcast Network's very own the Sith List. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, I am out of here. And may that force be with you. podcast is part of the planet broadcasting network visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates i mean if you want it's up to you if you're after more star wars listening please check out the making star wars podcast network at makingstarwars.net where you can find such great podcasts as blue harvest first order transmissions idiots array making star wars now this is podcasting podcast 2187 rebel girl rogue one Tarkin's Top Shelf, The Cargo Hold, and The Sith List. So that's planetbroadcasting.com and makingstarwars.net. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.